Hello, friends. This is Pastor Evangelist Robert Venable. It is time for Let's Talk About Jesus right here on this webcast. We're so glad to have the opportunity to get into God's Word today, and as I often say, (laughs) and to get God's Word in us today. Because if it finds a good ground heart, the Scripture declares it will bring forth fruit, 30 60 and 100 fold and all of that fruit is to the glory of God the Father. He leads us in paths of righteousness for His name's sake. Hallelujah. So victory is is ours to employ and enjoy, but it is the ultimate reason for the victory that we seek to walk in today is to bring glory and honor unto our Heavenly Father and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. So I pray that you will 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 pursue this study with us today. We've got a great subject, and I can't wait to get in it. I went to preach as a guest at a pastor's appreciation uh, some years ago, and, uh, and one of the deacons of that church had invited me with the pastor's okay and we had a tremendous service that day and he told me after the service he said as you were sitting there waiting to be called and introduced to to bring forth the message he said it looked like you couldn't wait (laughs) and I'm telling you when when we have God's anointing on our life and we pick up the Bible and we begin to teach and preach the Word of God. I can't wait. I feel it coming. Praise God. And I pray that you can sense the anointing on the teaching as well today. We're going to be talking about the mystery of Christ in you. The mystery of Christ in you. That's not going to be a mystery when we're through with this teaching, uh, but it is going to be something that constitutes the real fundamental and foundational true truths of the Christian faith. This is so vitally important to build our foundation on this relationship with the Lord and His relationship with us. This is the very hope of glory itself is because that Jesus can now live within our physical body and in our soul and spirit. He's come to to literally fill us with Himself. Hallelujah. And it's a mystery that we will understand only with the help of the Holy Spirit. So I'm going to pray today. I pray before we begin the broadcast, and that's why you don't hear me uh, take the time for a prayer, uh, because I've already prayed over it. But I'm going to take time to pray today that that God, the Holy Spirit, and through the Holy Spirit will open the eyes of our under 
understanding so that we can grasp what he wants us to grasp from his word today. Amen. So, Father, I just thank you to open my Bible and and know that when I open my Bible and open my heart, that the Holy Spirit is going to open my understanding. And I pray the same thing will happen to my brothers and sisters today. And if there's someone listening who doesn't know Jesus as your personal Savior, I pray that God will open the eyes of your understanding as well of His great love for you and the great, great, great opportunity that you have to accept Jesus Christ as your Savior and begin to comprehend this mystery of Christ in you and Christ in me. Our foundational scripture as we amen this prayer is Colossians 1 and verse 27. It said, To whom God would make known what is the riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. Christ in you, the hope of glory. One paraphrase, and I do like this paraphrase. I study from the King James. I minister initially from the King James. But I like this paraphrase. It's not to study from, but it may help us to understand a a little better in plain language what is being said. For it has pleased God to tell his people that the riches and glory of Christ are for you Gentiles too. For this is the secret. Christ lives in you. And this is your assurance that you will share in his glory. Now, I call it in my own paraphrasing that that Christ in us is the down payment on heaven. It's the earnest of our inheritance when the Holy Spirit indwells us. The fact that God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit can indwell the Christian means, and I'm talking about every Christian. It's not some super spiritual or or super sanctified. It's every child of God. You know, the disciples ask uh, uh, Jesus, they said, "How, how will you manifest yourself to us and not unto the world? Because everywhere they went on so many occasions, there were crowds of people trying to touch him, trying to get to him. You remember all of the all of the stories of how uh, they had to let a man down uh, through a roof to get him to Jesus because they couldn't come in the house where he was. It was filled wall to wall. They tore the roof off and let him down by ropes in to get him in the presence of the Lord. Uh, when the woman with the issue of blood touched him and he said, who touched me Uh, and the disciples stood in awe of that because people were all over him but she touched him with her faith as well as with her fingertips on the hem of his garment and healing virtue flowed out of him and they they wondered how how you're going to be personal 
to us and not to the whole world. And Jesus said, if a man love me and keep my father's commandments and in essence, he said, he said, I and my father will come to him and we will make our abode with him. Christ indwells us by the Holy Spirit. The Father indwells us by the Holy Spirit. He manifests the presence of the Father, the presence of the Son through His own presence in our lives today. So we have Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And when the Holy Spirit comes to do that, (laughs) Amen, it said He's the earnest of our inheritance. You don't hear that word. That's why I use the term down payment. It used to be the earnest money. I'm serious about making this purchase because I have put money down to show that I am earnest. And that's what Christ in us is, and the Holy Spirit in us is. It is the earnest of our inheritance. And I like to put it this way. If the holiest persons of heaven, by the way, there are golden streets and there are gates of a solid pearl and all manner of precious stones making up the foundations of the holy city. But none of those things in and of themselves, the river of life, the tree of life is there. But that's not what makes heaven Holy. What makes heaven holy is what made a mountainside holy when God came down on the top of it at that Mount Sinai. What made that mountain holy was the presence of God. What made the, 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 the land in proximity to the burning bush holy is when God came in the first person. God came, amen, and manifest that Shekinah, that flame that didn't burn the bush, but, but it was all over the bush. And what was the word? Take off your shoes, Moses, because you're standing on holy ground. What made heaven holy, what makes any anything holy, truly holy, is the presence of God, the person of God, the presence of God. I'm going to tell you, I've been studying the Word of God my whole life. We're going on our 45th year of ministering the gospel of Jesus Christ. And every time I get into these kind of mysteries, and and yet the mystery is revealed by the Holy Spirit, revealed by the Word of God, I still am taken back at what I'm reading, because I know I must accept it by faith. I still, there's a term today, I just can't get my mind wrapped around that. Well, I'm still trying (laughs) to get my mind wrapped around this great truth, because the three holiest persons in heaven that make up the triune God, this, this Father, this Son and this Holy Spirit have come to live and indwell a human body that has been washed in the blood of the Lamb and prepared for their presence. And the reason it's the hope of glory or the earnest of our inheritance or the down payment on heaven 
Listen to the logic of this truth and the practical application of it. If the three holiest persons of heaven that make heaven holy, if they can come and live within us because of our reconciled, righteous state before the Lord through the shed blood of Jesus when we repent of our sins and accept Christ as our Savior. God the Father comes to indwell us. God the Son comes to indwell us. God the Holy Spirit comes to indwell us. And if we are made holy enough for them and He and Him to indwell We are certainly holy enough for the holy city. (laughs) We're, We're not going to heaven because we are worthy of the place. We're going to heaven because we're worthy of the person. Oh, I don't know if you heard me. I'm going to say it again. Turn your turn your volume up just a little bit. We're not going to heaven because we're worthy of the place. We're going to heaven because we're worthy of the person. Worthy of God living within us. Worthy of Christ living within us. Paul said, don't you know that your body is the very temple of God? The temple of the Holy Spirit that indwells you? Listen to Colossians 1 and verse 27 again. To whom God would make known what is the riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles, which is Christ in you the hope of glory and as the paraphrase said and this is your assurance that you will share in his glory because christ lives in you hallelujah i want to declare unto you that on the authority of scripture if you're a true christian today you're not just an old sinner saved by grace You were an old sinner. You have been saved by grace. But according to the scripture, you are a new creation. The Bible says if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things are passed away and all things are become new. You are now the resident of a new kingdom. Scripture declares we've been translated out of the powers of darkness or the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of God's dear son. So you are a new creation. You are the resident of a new kingdom and you are the spiritual heir of untold riches. Hallelujah. That's why this word riches of the glory of this mystery is mentioned in Paul's letter to the Colossians. You are the spiritual heir of untold riches. You are part of a royal family. The scripture declares that now we are the sons of God. And if sons of God, heirs of God. And if heirs of God, then we are joint heirs with God. Jesus. Hallelujah. Amen. Anybody else out there trying to get your mind wrapped around this? You can't fully comprehend this with just your mind, but in your spirit, man, uh, I believe that the Holy Spirit is going to help us to accept this great 
truth and and be renewed in the spirit of our mind and not limit God to just forgiving our sin and leaving us in the same old state where we're vulnerable to to the devil and we can we can hear his his accusations and his lies and give in to his temptations no we're a new creation we're residents of a new kingdom we are the spiritual heirs of untold riches you know jesus said it very clearly he said everything that the father has is mine and when the holy ghost is come he will take of mine and he will show it unto you and the word show is not just reveal it but actually communicate it unto us hallelujah you are set apart for a divine purpose it's called sanctification in scripture cleansed and set apart for a holy purpose and you are in Jesus Christ and Jesus Christ is in you no wonder we have the hope of glory and to the world we ourselves are a mystery <laughs> in plain language to the world <laughs> someone said we are strange ducks a w tozer got to the heart of this mystery uh, when he wrote <laughs> that Christians seem crazy to the world in roots of righteousness. And here's what he said, and I quote, A real Christian is an odd number anyway. He feels supreme love for one he has never seen, talks familiarly every day to someone he cannot see, expects to go to heaven on the virtue of another, empties himself in order to be full, admits he is wrong so he can be declared right, goes down in order to get up, is strong when he is the weakest, richest when he is the poorest, and happiest when he feels worst. He dies so he can live, forsakes in order to have, gives away so he can keep, sees the invisible, hears the inaudible, and knows that which passes knowledge. Praise God. You know, we are a number, an odd number. No wonder the world doesn't get us. They will never get us. We have trouble getting ourselves sometimes. Amen. But this is the great mystery revealed that will bring us into a closer relationship with God. He's, he took the initiative. He cleansed us, set us apart so that he could live within us, so Christ could live within us, so the Holy Spirit could live within us, so that we could have the full assurance that we can live in heaven when we leave this world, hallelujah, and share the glory of Jesus himself in his relationship with the Father. The Apostle Paul even said that Christ is God's mystery in Colossians 2 and verse 2. The good news we share with the world is the mystery of Jesus Christ. 
So Paul uses the word mystery, not as we do in our day, but in the context of his day and age. The word mystery in scriptures is a secret, a truth undiscoverable except by divine revelation. It is a fact that cannot be understood in detail without divine help. It cannot be known by natural abilities and mental powers. It was a truth that was hidden in the counsels of God down through the ages and generations until God, in His grace, chose to make it known to mankind by divine revelation. The Apostle Paul says the mystery which has been hidden from the past ages and generations but has now been manifested to his saints. It was concealed from the angels and men until God revealed it. And the only way of knowing this mystery is through a self-revelation of God to man. God revealed a great mystery to the Apostle Paul. God made it visible or known to man. Hallelujah. Amen. In Colossians 4, listen. Masters, give to your servants that which is just and equal, knowing that ye also have a master in heaven. Continue in prayer, watching the same with thanksgiving, without praying also for us that God would open Unto us a door of utterance to speak the mystery of Christ, for which I am also in bonds. Praying. This, this man who, who said that his, his, his speech was contemptible, his, his letters were weighty and mighty. He said, pray that God will give us utterance to preach and teach this mystery. As Spurgeon noted, Oh, the riches of the grace of God, which it hath pleased the Father to impart unto us in Jesus Christ. Christ is the mystery, the riches, and the glory. He is all this. He is all this among us poor Gentiles, and we are made heirs of God. All things are ours in Christ Jesus our Lord. So the essence of this mystery, dear friend, is Christ himself in his person. It is Christ in all his glorious riches, actually dwelling through his spirit in the inner lives of his children, his believers. Hallelujah. Another writer noted, yes, Christians are different, but it's encouraging to know we're in good company. Can you imagine Christ in all his glorious riches actually dwelling through his spirit in our lives right now in this holy moment? God's goal is to make us in all respects just like his son and our savior, Jesus Christ. God is at work. He's sovereign. He is busy changing lives and the way he does it is a wonderful majestic marvelous mystery hallelujah a.t robertson said it like this 
He said this dwelling of Christ in you is the central fact of Christianity and so constitutes the hope of glory. Isn't that an amazing thing today? You know, you may be listening and you don't know Jesus as your Savior. You may be listening and you have known Jesus as your Savior, but you've never known Him in this kind of intimate fellowship relationship, this privileged place. Ah, friend of mine, it makes me want to get to know Him more and more and more. We used to sing that great camp meeting song, Tell Me More and More About Jesus more of His mercy, more of His grace, more of His love my soul can trace. Tell me more. Tell me more about Jesus. Oh, thank God that He didn't stay on that cross, but thank God He went to it. Thank God He rose from the dead. Thank God He ever lives to make intercession for you and for me. And thank God that the blood that was shed on that cross has cleansed us so completely that after we repent of our sin and receive Christ, you see, He supplied the blood at the cross. We apply the blood when we receive Him as our Lord and our Savior. And when the blood of Jesus is applied to our life, then God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit can come to live in our human bodies. This is incredible to me. Divinity coming to reside in our faulty humanity. Something in our inward man has been made so clean. God can come and indwell us and feel at home. Jesus said, we will make our abode with him. We will make our abode. It doesn't mean we will visit on some occasion like the burning bush in the old covenant or Mount Sinai when God came down. No, we will come to him and we will make our abode, the triune God that makes heaven holy, that angels can't look at without covering themselves with wings, <laughs> their, their, their faces and their feet in his presence. This God who no one could approach behind the veil without being destroyed by the glory of his presence can now come from behind the veil and come to indwell every person who receives Christ as their Savior. When, when our mind is renewed to this great truth, this makes me and it will make you want to live for the Lord. We can't be sinlessly perfect, but we can be perfectly committed to follow Jesus Christ. And in that perfect commitment, in spite of our weakness and our fallacies, we will find a fellowship relationship with Him that is far closer than some legal adoption that doesn't bring us into this kind of glorious relationship.
Oh, hallelujah. Amen. Who am I? Who are you? Who are we that a king would bleed and die for? As the great Christian song says, Ah, friend, but it was more than the king of glory or the king of the universe. You've got to know who he was. It was the, the God that created us in Christ and through Christ, to wit, God was in Jesus Christ on the cross, reconciling the world unto himself. We have to repent of our sin, receive him as our Savior, trust in him. But the price has been paid for your salvation and mine. Yes, yours and mine. And today, if you don't know Jesus as your Savior, you can not only have your sins forgiven, but you can have that big, empty place within your life filled with the presence and the person of God Himself. What a mystery, but what a wonderful truth from the Word of God. I'm just asking the Holy Spirit to draw you to Jesus today. The same one that revealed Him to Peter Flesh and blood did not reveal Christ to Peter when he was asked who Jesus was, and he immediately responded, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus said, And thou art Peter. And flesh and blood did not reveal this unto you, but my Father, all friend of mine. And upon this rock, this revelation of this mystery, I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Glory be to God. There is victory for you and victory for me in Jesus today. And I pray today that if you don't know him, that you will come to him, receive him as your Lord and your personal Savior, because I'm endeavoring to do what Paul did and preach the mystery of Jesus Christ. All he has accomplished on the cross and all he offers you as a result of his broken body and his shed blood. Don't run from him any longer. Run to him. Embrace him and let him embrace you and and let him indwell you today. Hallelujah. And if you're a Christian today and you've got a lot of churchianity and you need some more Christianity today and you understand there's more to being a Christian than just paying your dues and showing up on Sunday, it's coming to know who you are in Jesus Christ and to know who he is in you, Christ in you, the hope of glory. Oh, friend, I can't wait, but I'll have to. Please come back next week and let's talk about Jesus.